The Big Ten Tournament is here. We take a look at the odds presented by FanDuel and see where the Hawkeyes land as we get ready for the matchup against Ohio State after the Buckeyes beat Wisconsin. Seeds are also out for Big Ten NCAA Wrestling as the Nationals are upon us. Did the Hawkeyes get screwed? We'll talk about that today on Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes Podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, and you can also Find us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button while you're there. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we come to you right before Iowa gets ready for their matchup now against Ohio State. Here on Wednesday evening, it became final as Ohio State raced out to a 20-plus point lead against Wisconsin. The Badgers came roaring back, but ultimately Ohio State got the win in the 12-13 game. The 13 seed advances on to face fifth-seeded Iowa. That matchup will take uh, a happen about 1.30 on Wednesday after. Check that Thursday afternoon, and uh, we will get that to you. We'll have an instant reaction podcast right after that one goes final for you as well. Make sure to keep an eye out on your feeds, and we'll get that to you. As soon as things go down, you know, Ohio state, you you look at the matchup and obviously a team built a little differently. They played a whole lot better here over the last few weeks from the team that we saw. Certainly the second time that they came into Carver Hawkeye arena, where Iowa was just really able to run them off the floor in the second half. It was a back and forth game during the first half of that one. But since then now Ohio state, this is what they've done here as of late since in fact, since that game, uh, they went to a head Penn state, Close game, went down to the wire, lost by four, beat Illinois by 12 at home, beat Maryland, uh, who was playing as well as anybody, beat them by 11, and then lost a tight one to Michigan State over the weekend. That was the Saturday game uh, that was relatively close there at the end. So Ohio State, they're playing better at the very least. I think we can say that. Sensabaugh, he can go off at any time, and he has instant offense. He can score from anywhere in the floor. He can be an incredibly difficult matchup for you. He just does so many different things, both with the shot and off the bounce. He's an incredible athlete. He is going to be very, very difficult uh, for Iowa to match up against. McNeil off the bench, he had a big game, remember, in Carver uh, during the first half of that one. He was hitting shots from all over the place. He was hot in the game against Wisconsin. He finished the game with 17 points, and uh, they also did it without playing Zed Key. And we'll see if that's something that's going to continue in this one. Obviously, Key, big body inside. We've seen him now for the last couple of years for Ohio State. Maybe that gives an ability here for Racha uh, to go out there and play well. They do have a freshman that got a bulk of the minutes at the center position now in Felix Okpara. Uh, he looks the part. <laughs> he absolutely looks like a stud out there, and he's going to be out there. But Racha, obviously, need to see it better from him. After the performance that he put up, over the weekend and the loss to Nebraska, he's got to be at his best. He's got to be playing a whole lot better uh, for Iowa as they get ready to face the Buckeyes in that one. You certainly got to feel confident, though, going into that game that I was going to get it done. And I did find it interesting, though. FanDuel uh, comes out with the line here this evening, and it is just a two-and-a-half-point favorite as all the Hawkeyes are in this matchup. I thought that thing would be uh, maybe a tick higher. Ken Pomeroy, whose lines are usually pretty close, it was a two-point spread there, so I guess I should have known that was going to be. My handicapping, uh, I have it as I was a four-point favorite there, so I do see a little value on Iowa. I think we're going to be playing the Hawkeyes in this one. Of course, with the win, then they get Michigan State. So 
you know, this Big Ten tournament, we get to see Minnesota. Uh, they just finished off a victory against Nebraska. It's just crazy, right? And we see Nebraska on Sunday. They play as well as they could offensively. They're doing whatever they want against the Hawkeyes, and we're left scratching our heads and wondering what's wrong with this Iowa team once again and, and questioning what they can do, if there's any sort of run that they can have. That's just the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten this year, that's what it's been. And even Minnesota, that was the clear cut last team in the Big Ten. They were the 14th team, and there was a big gap between them and everybody else there at the bottom. They can go out there, and they can win that kind of game. And the same thing at the top. We see you know, Purdue down the stretch. They lose four out of their last six, and even their two victories were not exactly wild moments when you watch this Boilermaker team. This thing is going to be crazy. It's going to be wide open. So I want to take you right now to the betting odds, courtesy of FanDuel. Take a look at what the odds show us in the Big Ten tournament. And, of course, yes, Purdue is the betting favorite. No surprise there that it is Purdue as the betting favorite uh, with the Big Ten tournament here. They're the number one seed. Their path, they'll get the winner of Rutgers-Michigan in the quarterfinal round. Then Michigan State. Iowa possibly waiting there. Even Ohio State uh, could be there. Those are the three teams that they have to worry about in the top half of the bracket to get to the championship game. On the bottom half of the bracket, though, you have Indiana. They're the number three seed. They are the second betting choice, though, at plus 450. Michigan State is the third betting choice, plus 650. And if you're new to wagering, this helps you out. Just think of it this way. All right, you're hearing all these numbers. They get thrown at you. I remember when I first started gambling. It was a long time ago, but it's overwhelming when you hear these numbers. So just think of it this way. And I'm not even going to guess that you're a $100 player. We'll say you're a $10 player. All right, so you hear plus 450. That means you make your $10 wager, your standard wager, and you win 45, plus 45 back. If you hit that wager, plus you get your money that you put up there, $55 would go into your account. Purdue, plus 170 as the betting favorite. That means on your $10 wager, you'd win 17, plus get your $10 back if you win that bet. Michigan State, they're plus 650, the third choice. Maryland is the fourth choice as the number six seed. Of course, they'll get Minnesota, helped out their path a little bit more, and open things up for the Terrapins. They are number four, followed by Northwestern, the number two seed, though the fifth betting choice at FanDuel as they sit at 10 to 1. Followed by Illinois, they're 13 to 1. And there we get to our Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa at 14 to 1 is the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seventh betting choice at FanDuel. Five by Michigan, they are 15 to 1 right behind the Hawkeyes. Penn State at 25 to 1. Rutgers, 29 to 1. Ohio State, 39 to 1. And there's the Gophers after their win against Nebraska. They're still 250 to 1. That means, yes, your $10 wager. $2,500 if the Gophers win four more games going forward. Could have got even better odds before the game here this evening. But a good look at what the numbers are for this Big Ten tournament. There's something about this Penn State team. I've been in love with them all season long. I know they can score against most anybody. Shrewsbury's done an outstanding job with that program and kind of recalculating it. I think Penn State, if you're going to be looking for that deep, dark horse team, that's a team that I put money on. Here's another thing. As a longtime gambler, when you're betting and when you're betting long odds in conference tournaments, it's not just about going out there and trying to pick the winner. You're trying to create value. You are trying to ultimately make a profit. And with a team like Penn State, they open up with Illinois. They get the victory there. All right. Then they move on. They get Northwestern. Even if they get to the semifinals and they take on, say it's Indiana, they're going to be an underdog in that game. They're probably going to be four, five, six point underdog in the matchup there. Well, at that point, you got Penn State at 25 to 1. You're feeling good. Your $10 wager, if you win it, $250. Well, you can start to hedge out of that. What that means is you take some of your anticipated earnings, 
and you bet it on Indiana on the money line. So you put, say, 50 bucks on there. Guarantee yourself you're going to make a profit if Indiana wins, Penn State loses, and that doesn't cash. Then you get to the championship game, you do the same kind of thing. Now, you're ultimately not going to get your full $250 in that instance that you would if Penn State wins it, but you're guaranteeing yourself a profit. And if you're trying to eke out any kind of profit out there when you're betting on sports, that's a way to do it. When people talk about hedging, that's what it is. That is Gambling 101 with your boy Trent Condon. And if you want more, follow along with me. You can find all my plays on the Action Network app. That is a non-paid endorsement, but we've had a great college basketball season. We're going to take a quick time out here. we got a lot more coming up. More basketball talk. This team, as inconsistent as it is, can Iowa really make a run in this Big Ten tournament? We saw it a year ago as the number five seed. Can the Hawkeyes do it again? How about the women's team? Do they have what it takes to earn a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? And a little wrestling as well, as the wrestlers have got their brackets for NCAAs. We'll talk about that as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Well, as we make our way into March, flip the calendar over, you know what time it is. It's time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers right now. You're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. We were talking about those Big Ten odds that are out there. You can bet on Iowa, Ohio State. Two and a half is currently the number in that one. Hawkeyes, a slight favorite against the Buckeyes. Looking forward to some of the other games in the Big Ten coming up here in the Big Ten tournament today. Boy, how fun is this? We, we get things started bright and early as we'll have the 11 o'clock tip-off with Rutgers and Michigan. Michigan, a three and a half point favorite there over Rutgers. Penn State, Illinois. I like the Nittany Lions. I'm going to jump on, grab the two and a half with them. And then Maryland, favored by 13 against Minnesota. You can bet on that and a whole lot more with FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Trent kind of back with you once again here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button while you're there. FanDuel, big thank you to them for joining us here. Those odds courtesy of FanDuel, the point spreads for today's matchup across the Big Ten as we look towards the Thursday round of things and then we get into of course the quarterfinals on friday if iowa does win they will play again at the same time uh via 130 tip off against michigan state coming up on friday got to get the win though against ohio state so what do we make of this iowa team you know i've been high i've been low i i get up after the wins against indiana both of them this season you get excited about this team and then you have the lulls the losses to wisconsin what happened sunday against nebraska it's so difficult to wrap your mind around what this team is and what they're going to be and already watching it and seeing some of the practice pictures uh, from earlier in the week in chicago and they're practicing with the wilson ball remember that was one of the excuses or one of the theories that were out there why i was struggled so much in the ncaa tournament is they were using that new crappy bright orange wilson ball and that was the reason for their shooting woes against richmond look they didn't show up they didn't shoot it well really outside of patrick mccaffrey kind of same kind of thing that happened on sunday when patrick went out and he balled up and that was about it on the squad same thing here the equation is very simple 
And when you simplify this Iowa basketball team, it comes down to this. Is Tony Perkins playing well? Because when Tony Perkins is playing well, Iowa can beat most anybody in the country. I'm not being facetious. I'm not just throwing this out there to be hot take artists or anything like that. You look at Iowa and what they did and when they're at their best, it's when Tony Perkins is playing at a high level. And we saw TP do that in a multitude of games so far this year. He has played at some really high levels. And because of that, you're left thinking this Iowa team, they can compete with everybody. Iowa right now, they are... A lot of seven, eight, nine seeds. That's basically where you're seeing them. Bracket Matrix, who I talk about a lot, they take all the bracketologists out there, combine them all together, give you an average. Right now, I was the top eight seed right on the cut line. I don't know if a win against Ohio State's going to do enough to move them up in the mind of most bracketologists out there. But if you win Ohio State and beat Michigan State, now we're talking. You know, maybe you're moving up to a seven or even a six if things break right. There's still a lot in front of this team, a lot that can be done. We know if Iowa does get to Sunday and does get to that championship game, for all intents and purposes, it means nothing. It, it really does. We've seen that now historically with both Iowa involved and other programs involved, where you get to that Sunday Big Ten championship game, it finishes up so late that it just doesn't mean anything. We've seen it happen too many times. I think we saw it a year ago. Iowa easily could have been a number four seed when you look at their resume as a whole, coupled with the Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship, and that ultimately didn't happen for them. You go back to the first Big Ten title that they won with Ryan Hogan and companies. Luke Recker was banged up. They ended up with the seventh seed. A lot of people thought they should have been a five, maybe a six seed that season. They ended up on the seven line. Of course, got uh, Kentucky in the round of 32 that season, and Tayshawn Prince just absolutely went off. But that's what we know. You get to Sunday, it's really not going to matter. It's going to matter what happens here over the next three days and if Iowa can continue. Now, Fran McCaffrey, he has got rid of a lot of the question marks about him. Late season fades. That is a thing of the past. Yes, even with the loss to Nebraska, this team has played very well now over the last four seasons in February. Uh, the questions about what he can do in tournament play. Well, he won a Big Ten championship a year ago. Has also advanced to the semifinal, something he hadn't done through the first, what, 10 years of his career. And he's done that twice now the last three seasons. So those things are on the side. But I understand some of the trepidation about this team. Very simple. I, it comes back to Tony Perkins again. I, I think when you look at him, when he's playing well, this team has a chance to be good. And, and not just trying to get him involved off the dribble and doing the things that make Tony Perkins at his best, but you have to have him involved in different ways. It's just the way that his defense leads to offense, what he does when he's running the point, just something when he has the ball in his hands a whole lot, where this team plays so much better. Very simply, make Tony Perkins a big part of this game plan, go into it, get away from that slow, 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 methodical, into the post, sit there, wait for it to clear, where Bracha really struggled. I thought Connor struggled when he was posting up at times. When I was at their best, it's when the ball's moving. When they're moving it around, that motion offense is clicking. That's when I win the offense that we know can be so good. When it's at its best, the ball is moving. It's stuck too much against Nebraska. Can't afford that to happen. You go nearly seven minutes at the end of the ball game without a field goal, and that's what happens. I think they got a little too tight. They tried to do slow it down a little bit too much during that final stretch. That's not Iowa basketball. That's not the way that they're built, and that's not the way that they play. Certainly their best basketball. I'm optimistic going into this tournament. I think they have a chance at a run. We know Michigan State, if they get there, if they beat the Buckeyes today, they're going to be out for blood. They're going to be ready to go. And after what happened in the final 134 against the Spartans. But also remember, you know, we went into East Lansing. We had a beat. Now, we outplayed them that day. I truly believe of those two games. The wrong team won both of them. I think Iowa should have won in East Lansing. Certainly Michigan State should have won in Carver. And and Iowa, though they got the win, 
how deplorable they were defensively that day. That that was as bad of a defensive effort as they have had, including a lot of poor ones throughout the season, giving up 90 points to Eastern Illinois and having Nebraska come in and score 81 on you and on and on and on. That performance against Michigan State. Now, they were making shots too, but were they shooting 75% from three? I mean, what do you do? And then it's just, you would hope that there is some level of maturity from this team and understanding, yes, we beat them, but we know that not fluky. Because they made plays, right? You, you got to give credit to a team when they're making plays. But a little bit more on that. Those are what we have here for the Big Ten Tournament. We're going to wrap things up here on the other side. The women's basketball team, they're in search of a number one seed. A little bit different conversation in the women's game as opposed to the men. Can they chase down that number one seed? Well, the games have already been played in outside of the Big 12. Most of the major conferences out there in women's basketball have already wrapped up their season. Now it's about jockeying. It's about positioning. And... Does Caitlin Clark matter as it pertains to seeding? Probably should. We'll also talk about NCAA wrestling as the brackets have come out. That's as all as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Trey got it back with you one final time on Locked On Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. The time is now to hop aboard with those guys. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one spot. You can hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players with Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So as we wrap things up here, apologies, my throat's a little struggling. Called three basketball games earlier today uh, for the high school state tournament. You can catch my coverage uh, coming up as I'll be calling Price Sanford's matchup coming up on Thursday evening as his Waukee Northwest Wolves takes on their crosstown rival, the Warriors of Waukee, Omaha Blue, future Iowa State Cyclone on the other side. Should be a great game, 7.30 tip-off for that one, uh, 7.15 actually for that. I'll be on the call here in Des Moines on uh, 96.9 The Bull. You can listen to the call there or anywhere that you may be with the iHeartRadio app. Just search 96.9 The Bull. It'll pop up there. It's KXNO HD2, our second HD channel over there uh, with my daily radio show on KXNO and a lot of my high school coverage is over there. So 96.9 The Bull, you can find that and listen to the call of Price Sanford as he chases down a state championship in the semifinals against Waukee at 7.15 here this evening. Looking forward to that. We'll give you kind of more of a recap of Price Sanford and what we've seen in his growth uh, throughout the season. Do you want to talk first here? about the women's team trying to chase down a number one seed. Uh, the one part that you wonder about, and should it happen? No, it should be resume-based. It should be about what you are. But the Caitlin Clark factor, you know what she does for television ratings, what she does of just visibility of the women's game. She is a once-in-a-generation talent, and not just the talent, but the flamboyant, way that she plays, just the aura that seems to surround her. You know, all those things, they matter. And you wonder when it comes to the committee, how much it should matter. You can argue it shouldn't matter at all, but I do wonder if that's going to play in, be it a number one seed or a number two seed off there. You know, that loss to Kansas State is not great, but look what Iowa's done now over the last really two and a half months. They lost two times. You know, lost to Maryland, got run out of the building, had that loss to Illinois, but short of that, they went in and beat Ohio State two different times and completely dominated both of those games, the win wins that they've had against Maryland, the win against Indiana. Now there's a ton on that resume right now. That's very impressive. Uh, a tournament championship as well for the women's team. Is it going to be enough for a number one seed? Uh, it depends on what this committee looks at. Uh, you can break it down them, Virginia tech, LSU, 
a lot of teams out there. Stanford, I know, lost early in their conference tournament. Utah was in mix, maybe for a number one seed. There's plenty of teams that lost in their conference tournament. Maybe that's going to hurt them. I think Indiana's fine. Of course, South Carolina, they'll be the overall number one seed with their undefeated run. Most important thing, stay out of that bracket of South Carolina. That's what we're looking for is Iowa tries to get to a final fourth for the first time in over 30 years. Boy, long time ago. I remember as a youngster watching that one, and it was a long, long time ago. Well, with that, let's get into a little wrestling. So I had this question posed to me, somebody that isn't as big into wrestling as I am. Did Iowa get screwed as it pertains to the seeding that came out for NCAA wrestling? And at first, kind of on the surface, I thought, maybe. Maybe they did. So this is what it is. Two number one seeds overall for Iowa. It'll be, of course, Spencer Lee at 125. He's the number one seed there. And Real Woods, uh, the transfer from Stanford at 141. Both those guys are number ones. The other ones, Brody Teske. Teske this year, what, 9-4 and four on the season, I believe, was his record. Limited because of injuries. His losses were all to top-ranked guys. Uh, guys all in the top 15. I think two losses to the number one guy. A loss to the number three-ranked guy. And another one to like 13, something like that. So it's not like he has a bad loss on his resume. But he just doesn't have many wins. And he gets the number 24 seed. I, I think we're splitting hairs here in limited appearances. It's probably about where you anticipated he's going to be. I think he's got a chance. Uh, he wrestles Philippi from Pittsburgh, the number nine seed in the opening round. He's a guy that's going to have to make a run. All these guys are going to have to make a run. The one that I'd probably have the biggest issue with is at 149. Max Buren, who uh, chases down to become an All-American for the first time. He has lost three consecutive years in the blood round. That is the final round on the backside of the bracket. Winners become All-Americans. The losers uh, fall just short of the medal stand. He has lost three consecutive years uh, to that one. As the number eight seed, he'll take on the 25 seed from Edinburgh, Ryan Burgos, in the opening round. But going to be tough. He'll get the nine seed then in the round of 16 if he gets to the quarterfinals. And the number one seed, who is an absolute uh, hammer up there at 149, going to be tough for Mir. And he's going to more than likely have to do some work on the backside if he's going to finally get up to that podium. And become an All-American this year. Another guy that I didn't love the draw for, didn't like the seeding at number 14 was Kobe Seabrecht. And not just uh, what he draws early on and the way the bracket sets up for him. It's going to be a difficult path. Seabrecht, I think he was not a revelation this year, but he was a surprise on the positive side. Would have liked to see maybe the bracket fall a little bit better for him at 57. 165, I think this is a good one. A six seed for Patrick Kennedy. Gonna have to pull a couple upsets if he's gonna get into the semifinals, but I think he's got a chance certainly to get there. He's wrestled really well here during his freshman campaign. Nelson Brands, he gets the number number 11 seed. I've seen some back and forth on that. Nelson Brands, hardworking kid, is out there defensively. He can wrestle with anybody in the country. Now, can he beat anybody in the country? That's a question, but you know it's going to be close at the end. And can he make a make a shot? Can he finish a takedown? Do those kind of things. That's been kind of the difference for Nelson Brands. No problem there. 84, Abe Asad. Hey, there's been a lot of ink spilled talking about Abe Asad, and he just has not developed from what the guy was, what we thought he was going to turn into his freshman campaign to what he is today. How about Warner, though? A 14 seed after being a finalist last year. At 197. <coughs> Excuse me, 197 as a whole. I mean, the Big Ten, Max Dean, the champion a year ago, he's the eight seed. I, that says a lot about that 97 weight class. And then Cassiope's a four seed at 285. So overall, on the surface, I, initially I thought maybe the deeper I looked at it, uh, not so much. Well, I'm coughing. <coughs> Apologies. Get a drink here. 
I got to take a break. We'll be back with you right after the Iowa Ohio State game. Instant reaction podcast. Hopefully the Hawkeyes get it done. Let's do it. Let, let's knock off this stupid Buckeye team. Get them out of the bracket. Get us into Friday and get ourselves a shot against Michigan State and try to get the season series win against the Spartans. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball, with our experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing you everything you need to know on and off the floor. Plus, here for the big name experts, coaches, players throughout college basketball with Lockdown College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm getting a cough drop. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Let's get a win. Go Hawks.